Hi, I'm Lucas. And I'm Brian. And this is the Quacks Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome aboard. To number 20. Wow. This is the 20th podcast. I never knew we would get here, but we got here. It's momentous. Yeah. So anyway, I'm doing fine. You just asked me before we started. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. I just got done reading uh, the book by Eric Maddox, who I'm going to interview one of these days. It's going to be a good interview. Nice. Yeah. What's the book? Want... Well, I don't, I don't want to give it away because then I kind of give away his story and his story is so good that uh, okay. I don't really want to. You don't want to start a book club. You, you want to talk about this. That's right. Okay. That's right. But anyway, you're back from California. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm not like most people. Like I, I know so many people who go on vacation. They come back and they got a spring in their step, and and they're so happy and ready to go. And they start back at work. I'm the exact opposite. I am like so depressed after I get off of vacation, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I I, yeah, man, you're you're so exhausted. And you go on the vacation, and that just brings out the exhaustion that, that is always there. Right. Is that kind of it? Well, I also had, I was teaming with teenage girls' daughter and her friends, and uh, that's that's a lot right there. It was yeah. great, and I'm gl- I had a great time, but it, it does take a lot out of you, and I'm sapped. Yeah, I hear you. But um, no, yeah, I'm do glad. You, do you have any thoughts on the fact that it's our 20th episode? I can't believe it, actually. I mean, uh, we've covered so, so much ground and uh, changed as people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think this has been great. It's been a great adventure. What it have has you, been. Yeah. What have you learned, aside from the technical? You know, yeah, having to learn all the sound stuff and the mics and all that setup was interesting, but... I, you know, I, I knew a lot about the health stuff before I got into this, but since getting into this, like having to research it and then be able to explain things, it's a whole different ball game. You Lucas know? seriously spends a lot, a lot of time researching, writing, compiling, and he is a fiend when it comes to this stuff. So I've seen all of the work you do and put into this. And then I show up and go, pull out a cocktail napkin with uh, some notes scribbled on it. <laughs> Hey, they love those cocktail napkin stories, man. They're great. <laughs> I get feedback all the time. They love your stories. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's very kind of you. So yeah, I mean, just all the... It's different to read something than to actually explain it. You know, to be able to explain it in a way that makes sense is hard. It, it's like you have, to, you have to listen to it, you know, as you're saying it. Does that actually make sense? If I don't know anything about this, does this make sense? Right. And, and so that's been a challenge. And I've just... I've learned so much more about health stuff than... I thought I knew, you know, you think, you know, okay, I, I know a good amount, but I, I really don't. Well, it's good that you kind of, I mean, you have to dumb it down for me a little bit. I don't know if dumbing it down is the right yeah, thing, I get you. but, um, since you know, you have such a wealth of knowledge, I'm learning from you every week. So I do feel like the audience member too, at the same time. So yeah. it's very cool for me to be learning all this stuff. You put a lot of work into it and it shows Mr. Yep, we do. We do. What? Uh, speaking of work, what do, what do we got on tap? So, because it's the twentieth episode, we're going to do a special report, like a you know, ding ding ding, like a bulletin. Let's add critical those sound. report. Yeah, ding ding ding. <laughs> uh, it's, we're going to talk about statins. 
All right. Yeah, we're going to get into that because there was an article recently released um, by diabetes.co.uk, and they had this special report on statins. So, okay. Anyway, should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So it's a pretty interesting article. And researchers collected data on 755 people who were given statins between 2011 and 2014. Now, taking statins for any length of time more than doubled the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Oof. Compared to those who do not take the statins. So, uh, those who took the drugs were 6.5% more likely to have higher HbA1c levels. That's your average blood sugar over three months. Okay. So, Victoria Zygmunt, who led the study uh, as a graduate student in public health at OSU, she said... The fact that increased duration of statin use was associated with an increased risk of diabetes, something we call a dose-dependent relationship, makes us think that this is likely a causal relationship. Now, the U.S. study marks the latest in a long list of research papers which have reported on this association. Earlier this year, a Netherlands study reported a 38% increase in type 2 diabetes risk associated with statins. So I know statins, they're given out like candy, and I thought we would get into what they are, pros and cons, all that stuff. I love it because there are so many people who are taking them that don't even know what it's doing to them. They've just been prescribed statins, and they have no idea what that even, I mean, they know what that even is. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is the most, it's the best-selling drug of all time. Wow. I did not. I believe. Lipitor is in particular. So, I mean, it's, it's it's big. It's real big. Big money. Anyway, so let's talk about cholesterol because it's one of the most important substances in your body, perhaps only behind uh, glucose. And it's important. And the discovery kind of feeds into how statins came to be. So, cholesterol's chemical formula was discovered in the first quarter of the 20th century. And the scientists Heinrich Weiland and Adolf Windau... I think I'm saying that guy's last name right. They won the Nobel Prize for their work on cholesterol. Cholesterol is used by every single organ of the body. It's used in a variety of different ways from making hormones like testosterone and estrogen uh, to making the bile that your liver uses to flush toxins out of your system. The body even uses it to patch over inflamed and damaged arteries, which is how you get heart disease Wow! and clog your arteries up. So all through the 1900s, scientists are they're gathering evidence, basically, that cholesterol and heart attacks are connected. So, for example, in 1910, a scientist looks at aortas of humans, and he finds plaque made of cholesterol uh, in the patients who had heart attacks. In 1913, this scientist feeds rabbits tons of cholesterol, and they all die of heart attacks. <laughs> oh, I know, man. Twisted, right? Those poor rabbits. <laughs> they made nice coats. Yeah. Uh, not only that, so there's this genetic syndrome that's studied uh, in the 1960s known as familial hypercholesterolemia, which was associated with sky-high cholesterols and super early death. So even like little kids, like five-year-olds would have heart attacks with this genetic conditions. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because their cholesterol was like 800, <laughs> you know? And, and then they also do these epidemiological studies um, that are showing that higher cholesterol is associated with uh, heart attacks and other health problems. So, so basically what I'm trying to say is all through the 20th century, scientists, they're getting the message that people who have heart attacks have cholesterol buildup in their arteries and they have blood tests showing higher cholesterol. What, where are they? Where are we getting all this cholesterol? Where's the bulk of the cholesterol come from? That's a good question. So there's two ways that you can get cholesterol. You can eat it, like when you eat eggs, 
or your liver can produce it. So after a lot of study, scientists, they kind of figure out that your liver producing it is way more responsible for your cholesterol levels than what you're eating. Okay. And they also figure out that to make cholesterol, there's something like 30 different steps your liver goes through uh, to finally produce it. And if they can come up with like a drug or enzyme that will stop just one of those steps, your liver's ability to produce cholesterol will go down. That sounds like a good thing. Yeah, it's going to lower your plasma cholesterol. And remember, they're seeing everywhere that cholesterol and heart attacks, they're intimately connected. So they're thinking in their head, they're onto the trail of like knocking out this heart disease by, by cutting cholesterol. So is cl- cholesterol, if it when it does come from food, is it primarily from animal sources? That's where I associate cholesterol with animal. You know, that's a good question. I mean, there's certain things that we know have cholesterol, like eggs. Yeah. Um, but as far as does cholesterol come from a plant-based source, I don't actually know that. I don't think that it does. I don't think so either, but I didn't look up all the different sorts of edible cholesterol because basically doctors have agreed at this point that eating cholesterol doesn't really do much. Right. It doesn't matter. So. <laughs> so bacon it up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Not me, of course. Of, of course. But that's, I think the funny thing is like, that was one of my motivating factors. So I will look into that more, but um, there is no cholesterol in a plant-based based diet. Di- diet. I don't believe. I think it is pretty much animal-based. We should look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the question really Put is... In the notes. Yeah, footnotes. The question is, you know, if the liver is producing cholesterol, right, might that not be something we do not want to inhibit you know, isn't there a reason for its production? And the scientists studying cholesterol, they make an enemy out of cholesterol. They deem, you know, high cholesterol a bad thing. Right. When often high cholesterol is a sign of a bad thing. So it's a symptom. So there's, yeah, there's a subtle difference there. It would be like if you had, let's say like you have an infection on your arm Mm -hmm. and you cut your arm off to get rid of the infection. Oof. It kind of works, right? It does. And maybe if you're on a desert island, that's an option. But, <laughs> you know, maybe you are maybe you want to keep your arm. Maybe you're not on a desert island. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention the infection you would get from cutting your arm off. And you know, that's the roll of the dice you got to go with there. Completely. You're on a desert island. You got salt water. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, cauterize it, right. With salt water? No, I mean, build a fire. Oh, okay. Do they have fire on this island? I don't know. We're, we're getting into the weeds here. Anyway, <laughs> in the 1980s, after a lot of study, they finally discover that, you know, they find the drug that will inhibit one of these 30 steps that your liver takes to make cholesterol. All right. In the 1980s, uh, the first real drug that is called Lovastatin. It's the first statin. And the story of how they get there, it's pretty long. If you find it interesting, I will post the study with details and steps and how they found it. Uh, if you're interested. Eventually, though, other statins come out, uh, the most popular being Pfizer's Lipitor. So anyway, that's a brief history of statins for you. Okay. Now, the question is, you know, should you take them? And I just want to remind people here that on the Quacks podcast, we are not doctors. If you didn't, if you didn't get that from the name of the podcast, <laughs> we're here to drill it into you one more time. <laughs> I am not a doctor myself, personally. Me either. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I didn't think so. Do you know where quacks comes from? Like quack doctors? Do you know where that comes from? The name? From doctors who were pretending to be doctors. Yeah, but do you know why they're called quacks? Because they were working on ducks. Close, but actually it's from the German word for mercury, which was 
like quacksilver or you know i don't know how you'd say it but it was quicksilver yeah but it was quacksilver okay and so they would call doctors who used a lot of mercury quacks oh my goodness and they so probably they should be called quacks right <laughs> they're using mercury it's just awful mercury poisoning for you and for you uh, yes <laughs> these quacks don't go see quacks all right so you know should you take them we're not doctors I also want to tell you that it all comes down to your decision on whether to take statins or not. So the doctor, he'll recommend taking them or not, but the decision is up to you. Now, I'm personally, I'm just going to let you know, I'm very biased that you should not take them. And I'll tell you why. I'm just going to have my biases right up at the front. Please. There are studies showing that they are effective for certain people. So we'll talk about that too. Well, in in the health food world, we're pretty much at least conditioned on the floor and people do not speak highly of statins. It's always one of those things that people are even coming into the store looking to kind of get off the statins or negate the issues they're having with the statins. So yeah, I just classically trained <laughs> in the health food arts. It just does not seem like it's something that is beneficial. Um, but I know that there are people who need them. Yeah. Well, there are there are is a class of people who they're good for. So we'll talk about that. Okay, great. So you get your cholesterol tested, and you're gonna have several numbers. You're gonna get cholesterol level total. Uh, you're gonna get HDL, LDL, and probably triglycerides. And it used to be that if your cholesterol was over 200 and your LDL over 70, that was deemed as high, and statins were recommended. But it turns out those guidelines were, let's say, a little overzealous. And there's a very common unspoken truth that the guidelines around cholesterol put forth in the 90s and early 2000s were there to increase sales of statins. You're not going to actually find this written anywhere or said out loud, but (laughs) it's pretty pretty obvious looking at the trend in cholesterol recommendations versus the release of these drugs that these levels were manipulated a bit. Just one really good statin salesperson just going doctor to doctor, see? Well, it was it's it's interesting cuz you get articles around then and from the early 2000s that are like, you know, the the cholesterol levels have been revised downward and then it, then they'd actually say this opens up 10 million new people who are electable or you know, who are able to be given statins now. And so oh, you're like, yeah, wow, yeah. This, they just yeah, it's kind of right out there, but Wow, indeed. And that was a lot of money, 10 million people. You yeah. sell 10 million of anything <laughs> and you're doing well. Uh, it seems so insidious to me. Yeah. So later, those levels were raised to be LDL over 100 and cholesterol levels over 220. But even those levels were questioned as the evidence of these like hard cutoffs. It's really not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked for these days what the recommended levels are, and I, I couldn't find them. They, d- they don't even have really recommended levels now. They, they encourage doctors to assess all the risk parameters of these patients, meaning they're going to look at if you smoke, how much you weigh. Uh, they're going to decide on whether, you know, you're basically at risk. Right. And then if you are, they give you a statin. Using their own personal algorithm, or is there something with the AMA that they... They have risk parameters, and then the doctor's supposed to make the call, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I think these recomm- these changes of the recommended levels over time, they've kind of led to a lot of confusion, in my opinion. It seems that some doctors, they're up on the new data, and some are still stuck in the past. So I- I've actually had a doctor look at my cholesterol when it was like around 220, and be like, oh, you know, this is a little high here. Well... Other doctors have looked at my levels years later when they're around 240 and they say, oh, this is no big deal. No problem. 
<laughs> I mean, it just it doesn't <laughs> seem consistent, you know? No. Um, the rule of thumb I go by for myself is that, you know, as long as I'm under 260 or so, that's fine. I usually fluctuate between 200 and 240. But I, I went and looked back and to see what the recommended cholesterol levels were in past decades. So in 1970s, there was this rule of thumb where it was like 200 plus your age was a healthy cholesterol. 200 is, plus your age. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's kind of easy rule of thumb yeah. to, to remember. Uh, I also found an article from the early 2000s that quoted a doctor named Stephen Neeson. And he said, it's, what did he say? He said, it's really quite extraordinary. When I was in medical school, I was taught that any cholesterol level under 300 was normal. So that's a pretty big range. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say you have high cholesterol. What now? You might assume that high cholesterol is a good predictor of heart attacks. You would be wrong. <laughs> that flies in the face of everything I've just learned. Yeah, so this is an article from, from Dr. Oz. He, he actually had a good article here. But uh, more than half the people admitted to hospitals with heart attacks or other cardiovascular diseases have normal cholesterol. A much better indicator of your overall risk for heart disease is the triglyceride to HDL ratio. So, for example, your triglycerides are 100 and your HDL is 50. Your ratio is 2. A ratio of two or under is excellent, whereas a ratio of four is considered high with increased risk. E. There was actually a Harvard study uh, published in the journal Circulation showed that people with the highest ratio of triglycerides to HDL had 16 times the risk of heart attacks as those with the lowest ratio of triglycerides to HDL. In fact, the ratio of triglycerides to HDL, it was the strongest predictor of a heart attack, even more accurate than the LDL to HDL ratio. That's incredible how they can yeah. obtain that data. You follow me so far? I am. Okay, cool. Now, if that didn't blow your mind, having low cholesterol may not even be a great thing. So there's this big study called the Framingham Study, and it's, it's this really long, hard study that they've been doing since the 19, late 1940s, 1948, I think. And it's a study out of Massachusetts, and the people who have lived the longest had the highest cholesterol. Well, one that study, makes sense. Yeah. One study published in the Journal of American Geriatric Society found that those with cholesterol levels lower than 189 were far more likely to die than those with the highest cholesterol level. <laughs> so basically, you don't want it too low either. You don't want it low. You don't want low cholesterol. One research researcher wrote, uh, subjects with total cholesterol levels that are low are, higher, are at higher risk of dying even when many related factors have been taken into account. So, kind of crazy. So you also can't assume that cholesterol is the cause of heart disease. Like I said earlier, cholesterol may be in the picture, but it's not the actual cause. The primary cause is inflammation. So you get small injuries in the linings of your arteries that occur, and they become inflamed. Then these small, dense, oxidized LDL cholesterol particles get trapped at the site of injury in the artery you get oxidative damage you get inflammation which creates that plaque then you get heart disease oh boy so, so the only aspect of cholesterol that is bad is the oxidized small particle ldl cholesterol and it's only a problem when there is inflammation so taking an anti-inflammatory or a natural anti-inflammatory sounds like something that would combat this it could be an option for sure now you may think also that statins lower your chance of death, taking Lipitor or whatnot. But the actual evidence there is very mixed. So the majority of cholesterol-lowering studies, they don't show any difference in death rates between patients who take statins and patients who don't. 
there was a really big study called the Prosper Study. It's from 2002. It looked at almost 10,000 people. Statin use in women with known heart disease resulted in a small reduction in mortality from heart disease, but increased death from cancer. (laughs) So they actually just balanced out. You don't get any difference in mortality. So are they, is that alluding to the fact that Lipitor might give you cancer? No. Okay. We're not going there. No, no, I'm just, uh, no, I'm just saying, but, but wink, wink. Okay. 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 Got, gotcha. Um, The only group in this studies that statins have actually been shown to even have a modest effect in is middle-aged men who've already have a heart attack. Okay. Already had one. And that's actually the one group who could really benefit from a statin. Okay. Middle-aged men who've had a heart attack. Not older men who've had a tar. It's it's very specific. Really? Yes. Yeah. Because oh, here I'll tell you oh, this other. Gosh. I know this other crazy thing. So researchers, this is a, another article, a medical detective, and they gave you you seven different myths about about uh, statins, which are backed up by researchers. So researchers point out high cholesterol in those over seventy five years of age is protective rather than <laughs> harmful. <laughs> Low cholesterol is a risk factor for like heart arrhythmia and different things. Not only that... That is so bizarre. It's very bizarre. But with respect to women, researchers at the University San Diego School of Medicine show that no study has shown ever that cholesterol-lowering drugs lower overall mortality in women. Now, there's uh, the European Heart Journal. They published the results of a three-year study involving 11,500 patients they found that those with cholesterol under 160 had 2.27 times higher risk of death than those who had a higher cholesterol. Oh my, I do not like Under 160, up. yeah. <sighs> now the most common cause of death was cancer, while the risk of cardiac death was the same in both groups that they studied. So basically your heart attack risk doesn't go down, but those with low cholesterol had increased cancer deaths. Okay, just... All right. Yeah, unceremoniously. Yeah. Now, in support of the findings, the researchers point out that there were previous studies that found a higher increase in lung cancer if total cholesterol levels were below 170. So there's just a few more of these I want to get through real quick. Um, The most widely respected medical journal, the Journal of American Medical Association, published a study entitled Cholesterol and Mortality, 30 Years of Follow-Up from the Framingham Study, that study I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Shockingly, the study showed that after the age of 50, there's no increase in death associated with high cholesterol. So remember, just that middle-age men group. Right. After 50, high cholesterol is not associated with an increase in death rates. There is, however, a direct association between low levels of cholesterol and death after 50. <laughs> this, uh, how am I, how am I going to keep track of all this? This is crazy. Cholesterol is crazy. <laughs> it's so interesting, though. And, and the nutty thing is, despite you know all these successful attempts to lower cholesterol with pharmaceutical drugs, the death rate from heart disease has not changed over the last 75 years. Mortality from heart failure is more than double what it was in 1996. But once again, it's showing that inflammation, I know we always talk about inflammation being the root of, of human illness. Disease and all disease, that. Yeah. all of it. This is another thing. This is something that it's attributed to. It's causing heart attacks. It's causing problems. It's causing a buildup of plaque and whatever else. So that's, yeah. wow. So it's a good thing to take. Wouldn't you say everybody should take a turmeric or a you know, some kind of natural yeah, anti Maybe. I mean, you know, everyone's different. Right. It's tough to say everybody should. But people who f- have inflammation. Yeah. You should deal with the inflammation if you got inflammation. Naturally. 
in whatever way you can. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Load up on those corticosteroids. Or oh, drop no. inflammation quick. <laughs> you know, the, the other thing with statins is there's this idea that they have very little side effects, but they actually have a, a lot of side effects. In 2011, uh, the FDA, they issued this warning on Zocor, which is the second most popular statin. Uh, they said, stop taking the highest dose that was approved of at the time because of increased risk of muscle damage. It's also called myopathy. And one of the most prevalent side effects you see with statins is muscle weakness and fatigue. And at high doses, drugs like Zocor, they actually cause muscle damage oh. to people. And it doesn't end there. The FDA also advised in 2012 that statins could be connected to cognitive impairment, such as memory loss, forgetfulness, and confusion. Confusion. Uh, that's been reported by some statin users. And then... Also, what we mentioned at the beginning, uh, people being treated with statins also have an increased risk of raised blood sugar levels and the type and, and type two diabetes. So all of this stuff as a result. All the fun side effects. The reported frequency of adverse side effects like these, it's five percent in randomized clinical trials, but there were reports that it can reach up to twenty percent in the clinic. It's always kind of a difference between the trial and then when you use it in the real world. Interesting. Yeah. And the thing is, your body, it, it needs cholesterol. You know, it's used in everything. Even in your brain, 25% of the cholesterol found in your body is found in your brain. Is it really any wonder that dementia and memory problems, they might be connected to preventing your liver from creating cholesterol? Ugh. I mean, it seems kind of obvious. There was a 2008 study as well that showed that in elderly, the best memory function was observed in those with the highest levels of cholesterol. Even the quote-unquote bad cholesterol, LDL, was associated with better memory at the higher levels. The one group, like we said, that may benefit from statins is middle-aged men who have been, you know, already had a heart attack. That kind of sucks because a lot of people, the first heart attack they have is the last heart attack they have. Right. Um, but... You know, in that in that group of people, it, it seemed to prevent mortality. Um, the other people taking it, especially women, you're going to be risking these side effects with maybe very little benefit, if any. I always wonder, too, um, and I know it's not on here, but how much your risk of heart attack increases just by having a previous heart attack, if that goes up. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. No, it, it is a good question. <laughs> I just started thinking about, you know, because, uh, I mean, this seems like a very small group that actually benefits from statins. Yeah. The idea about behind statin was you'd get on them, everyone would take them, and it would just lower everyone's heart attack risk, you know, across the board. But it really isn't true. It's only for certain certain people. And so if you've had a heart attack, I think you are at a higher risk of having another heart attack. I'm just going to guess from the research I've read. Of course. Than somebody who's never had a heart attack having a heart attack. Of course. Now. Because the heart muscle's already been damaged, so it's more exactly. apt yeah, yeah, exactly. to malfunction. Exactly. So if you do have high cholesterol, what does it mean? Well, it could be nothing. It could be genetic. But high cholesterol combined with low thyroid numbers is a good indication that you may benefit from taking thyroid glandular or doing some other type of thyroid therapy. In fact, there's a doctor, his name's Dr. Broda Barnes, and he is famous for his work on hypothyroidism. He, he found it was a significant factor in heart disease. So he treated many people with thyroid glandular. He found lower rates of heart attack and lowered high cholesterol as well. That's I don't know, good. just curious, would you take thyroid glandular? Is that, uh, <laughs> is that on the no-no list? I wouldn't take it unless I, was, I felt like my life was in jeopardy. I wouldn't take it just as a, eh, maybe this will work. 
I don't, I don't think I would okay. do that. Um, and I probably wouldn't have done it even when I was eating meat. I mean, you, you had, if you had low thyroid on a blood test, let's say you, you had low thyroid, one of the drugs they're going to give you natural or, or prescribed is going to be desiccated thyroid glandular, or you can take the synthetic hormones. Which, which would you I don't like those options? I know it's like, it's crappy options, but I would take, I would take an over the counter glandular yeah, okay. before I took the synthesized or synthroid or whatnot, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Okay. Um, I definitely would attempt to do that for mm. sure. Yeah. So out of all this, I just want to get across that cholesterol, it's not the enemy. Uh, don't get all spooked if your cholesterol is above 220, you know, but below 300, it doesn't mean you're going to have a heart attack tomorrow. Also, just because your cholesterol is low, it does not mean you're protected from heart attacks either. Mm. So there's kind of either side <laughs> on that guy. Statins, they're not your only course of therapy either. Statins are supposed to work long term. And if you have long term to deal with a problem, you, know, you can try a lot of natural ways to get the risk parameters down. Completely. And this, this podcast is going a little long, so we won't really get into those, but they include like fiber, exercise, uh, thyroid, like we were mentioned, hormone therapy, uh, certain minerals. It's actually a super long list of the natural ways to lower your cholesterol. Now, if you do take statins, you may want to supplement with coenzyme Q10, which is going to help with the muscle weakness and damage. Mm -hmm. You might also want to supplement with vitamin K2. It's helpful as statins, they tend to mess with like vitamin K's action in the body. And as far as memory goes, I'm not sure there's much you can do to supplement wise there, you know, What's seeing as cholesterol is such a big part of your brain. So I'm going to post a couple good articles on statins that you can read from, uh, from the notes. If you're interested, one in particular from life extension seemed like it had some really good stuff on pomegranate. So, you know, if you're interested, you can check those out and, uh, that's, yeah, yeah. that's about it. It's a lot going on Whew. with cholesterol. Yeah, I, I got to go get checked again. Yeah, I, I think we covered everything, didn't we? We covered everything, and then I added my uh, my little yeah tidbits and threw everybody off the scent. No, it's good, man. It's good. Did we miss anything? I mean, cholesterol's history. I think we got it all. Yeah, you were on point. All right, good. Staten Island over here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Cool. Well, 20th episode in the bag. Congratulations. 20 more. Congratulations to you as well. You yeah. Know, thank you for fun. making the commitment and we're going to keep doing it. We're gonna keep doing it. Yeah. Keep learning. Keep burning. Keep learning. <laughs> keep burning. I just came up with that right now. <laughs> so if you're, uh, if you're interested in any of the notes from this or uh, we'll probably have a couple products posted, I guess, maybe a CoQ10 or something. Yeah. Quackspodcast.com is up and ready and working. And it looks great. It does. It's got a theme of this old, uh, I think Daniel Teniers. I think his his paintings are great. Fantastic. So they're all of alchemists and, and quack doctors. Oh, it's like 1970s album art too. At the same <laughs> it's Led Zeppelin art. Yeah. It's so great. Cool. Good work. All right. And also on the website, if you go to our homepage, there's a little Amazon banner on the right. If you want to support us, you just click that Amazon banner and then you do all your Amazon shopping. It's super easy. We get a little piece of whatever you buy. It helps us out. It does. So we can uh, buy more microphone covers that you got. Dude, That's you're right. adding something to the to the studio every week. That's it looks right. Great. The studio's new. All right, guys. Thanks very much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Be well. Be well.